Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. It feels so good being back. I know yesterday I talked about how it felt weird saying what I'm saying now, but but it feels good. I love being back. I love hosting the show. And when I take some time off, I realize that even more. I, I, I love being behind this microphone. I love talking to all of you every single day. Even when Spotify tries to take us down. You know, we, we've talked a lot about that. And yesterday, my podcast was just gone. I don't know what happened to it. It was gone. No longer on, on Spotify. I don't know if it was a miscommunication or what, but it was just gone. Right? It was it was wiped. Speaking of wiped, humanity is going to be wiped pretty soon. Because Biden came out yesterday and said a very, very scary quote. A quote that just on March 4th, Vice released a statement or a a story saying that New World Order is a conspiracy. But this, this video, sourced from a White House YouTube video, which is still up, has Biden saying that there is a new world order that we ha- new world order that we have to leave lead I'm sorry President Joe Biden said during a business roundtable CEO's quarterly meeting on Monday that significant opportunities and current world events were going to lead to a new world order their remarks came towards the end of his brief speech where he talked about Russia's invasion of Ukraine and America's economic future amid his administration's push to implement a leftist climate agenda and I'm I'm just going to play the clip here and let you hear it for yourself I think, you know, my mother had an expression, out of everything terrible, something good will come if you look hard enough for it. I think this presents us with some significant opportunities to make some real changes. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of the the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60. 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway. And you should have seen the, the uh, interpreter's face when he said that. She just stopped. She just stopped for a second and just stood there, and it was kind of funny, her face, facial reactions. But still, it is so true that this new world order is being moved forward. I mean, it, it's literally came out of the mouth of the president of the United States right then. And this may be a, a, a Fruden slip, or however you pronounce it, a Fruden slip, however you pronounce it. A slip of the tongue that is motivated by and reveals some of the unconscious aspects of the mind. That may have been what happened. And I think you could probably exercise that as a as an accidental phrasing. That's not what they meant to say. But this is a new world order. And we've been saying this since the beginning of the COVID lockdown, since the beginning of everything. I mean, people like Alex Jones have been saying it forever. Right? I mean... They're trying to move in a new world order. They've used this slip of tongue multiple times during COVID lockdowns, during briefings, this and that. And I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed that this is moving forward. And that the United States is officially 
signed on to the New World Order. And Biden sounds like we need to lead the way. Uh, let me let me see this ADL article about the New World Order. A term to refer to a right-wing conspiracy theory that became popular among anti-government extremists from the 1990s onwards. The New World Order conspiracies believe that a tyrannical socialist one-world conspiracy has already taken over most of the planet in schemes to eliminate the last bastion of freedom, the United States, with the help of collaborators within the government. Through repressive measures, as well as manufactured crises such as terrorist attacks and pandemics, the globalist conspirators seek to eliminate dissent and disarm Americans that the New World Order can move in and enslave them. Uh, NWO conspiracists also, also commonly believe that there are hundreds of concentration camps that have been built in the United States ready to house dissenters, that the government will declare martial law, possibly a pretext such as responding to a terrorist attack, and that the government will engage in mass gun confiscations. And after that came out from Biden, his exact quote, I, I might even play it again, his exact quote, there's going to be a new world order out there and we have to lead it. World order in 36. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people dying, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway, I'm going to hush up, Mary. Fire away. There he was once again. There's a new world order. We have to lead it, and we have to unite the rest of the free world. In doing it. And if there is a new world order, in which I, I, I don't want to believe that there is, I, I hope there isn't, but if there is, our freedoms are gone. The Constitution of the United States will be null and void. Everything that we've built as a nation over the past 200 and however some years will be gone, wiped away forever. And it's disappointing. It's, it's, it's sad, to be honest, that this is how the world might fall. And I'm not being a conspiracy theorist saying this is a new world order ruled by the Chinese that is trying to take over our nation and take our freedoms and everything, but if there is truly a new world order, that is what will happen. It will be taken over by other nations who do not support our freedom, do not support America, and we will inevitably fall. It's just part of the process. Do I believe... That America is going to survive probably the rest of my lifetime? No, I don't at this point. Unless we take it back and unless we save it. And people are going to take that out of context. They're going to say, Josh, GOP Josh at GOPJosh.com is a wild insurrectionist wanting to take over the government and, and, and hates democracy and this and that. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. I, I wasn't a big... Alex Jones, New World Order fan, like conspiracy theorist. But when these Fruden slips continue coming out and they keep saying and saying and saying everything they mean, I don't know how you can't at least halfway believe it. Do I want to believe it? Absolutely not. But with the way they're talking, with the way they've been saying exactly what they feel and exactly what they think, I don't know how you couldn't believe it. So we're going to move on because we have a lot to get to today. And I, I can tell from uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, how, he's, how he speaks and how he, he pleads and pleads the emotions and everything, that he is a, 
not only a politician, he's a good one, and he's an actor. He is literally an actor. In his speech to Israel, Zelensky invokes the Holocaust, demands arms to prevent Putin's final solution. This is a couple days old at this point, but I still want to talk about it. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's comedy tour visited... Oh, this is a definitely an opinion article, but whatever. Uh, visited the Israeli uh, Knesset on Sunday with a comedian and actor turned master statesman invoking the Holocaust to demand Israel send military aid to prevent P- Putin's final solution. During the previous stop on his tour in Germany, Zelensky told the B- Bundestag that they were responsible for another Holocaust in Ukraine because they buy Russian oil. When Zelensky performed in front of U.S. Congress, he invoked September 11th Pearl Harbor and MLK Jr., to lobby for the U.S. to spark World War III by instituting a no-fly zone. So here's this guy sitting in his statesman chair, whatever the office of Ukraine is called, in a t-shirt, a tight-fitting t-shirt, to presumably flex his his his, his war, war muscles or whatever you want to call them, telling these nation's leaders that they are responsible for the next Holocaust if they don't send arms to Ukraine. What? Zelensky, and I understand being proud of your nation and wanting to protect your nation. I understand that completely. That's what I want to do in America, which is why I don't want to get involved in Ukraine. But Zelensky is appealing to the emotion of these leaders who lead by their heart and not by their head. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of compassion, with liking people and liking humanity. But the same thing happened, and I wish I had a clip of this. Last night at the Senate debate, which we'll talk about in the second segment uh, in Ohio, where Matt Dolan was telling J.D. Vance that he needs to think with his heart and, and support Ukraine, right? And that's the exact thing that Zelensky is trying to happen, is to take these leaders, invoke their emotion and their, their own nation's pride by saying, Israel, this is going to be the next Holocaust. The United States is going to be the next 9-11. To get what he wants. And he's a master politician and a master actor because of that. But it's sad that, that, that that's where he's going. Let's see here if I can. This is so hard to read because it's definitely Google translated. But Zelensky claims, this is according to a editor at a Is, er, Israel uh, Haman paper. He's, she's also a Newsweek art, author. Zelensky's claim that the Ukrainian were righteous uh, Gentiles who saved Jews in the Holocaust is sixth historical revisionism. It's so hard to read. I'm sorry. The Ukrainians weren't active or were active, enthusiastic Nazis. Ukrainian Jewry wasn't annihilated in Poland, but in Ukraine by their neighbors. So it's a little interesting here that that he is appealing to this emotion when his, his nation has always been on the wrong side of history. It sounds like when it comes to the Holocaust, when it comes to all this. But he's going to continue on his comedy tour as this, as this paper, uh, Information Liberta- Lib- Liberation, Information Liberation, which I haven't heard of before. I went to Revolver.News and found this article. They're going to continue appealing to the emotion, U- Ukraine is, in his tightly fit t-shirt instead of actually looking like a statesman and looking like a, a professional person, which I, I'm in a t-shirt right now too, but I'm not a world leader leading my nation in war. But he's going to continue appealing to the emotion of these nations to, to keep saying, please, please, we need your help, we need your help, we need your help. Instead of actually trying to stand up for his own nation and actually trying to do the right thing. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised, unfortunately. I, I wish I was surprised. But invoking the Holocaust, invoking 
Putin's final solution invoking 9-11 is just, it's, it's sad. It's a shame, to be honest, that, he, that he's trying to, he's trying so hard. You know, he, I mean, he, he's trying so hard. But as far as I'm aware, either Putin won't meet with him or vice versa. One of them won't meet with the other one. It's very sad. It's a, it's a, it's a shame, to be honest. All of it is a shame. But we're done talking about the war. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna warmonger any longer today. Today we're talking about some big things in the Ohio Senate race, which I love talking about, of course, because I'm in Ohio. You know, I'm an Ohioan. I'm a proud Ohioan. Had the interview with Mark Paquita that came out. I'm very excited. I love Ohio. I love this nation. And a poll came out from the Committee for the Better Ohio, which is the lowest uh, margin of error poll yet. It only has a one percent margin of error, and it has some of the best numbers for any campaign really minus josh mandel great numbers we'll talk about that when we come back but also um there is a candidate from missouri senate who is literally a child abuser abused his kids and he refuses to drop out a republican governor in indiana vetoes a bill banning transgenders from women's sports we're going to talk about that because especially with what's going on in the swimming industry right now and uh, after the poll, we're going to talk about the Ohio government officials trying to move the primary, what that'll mean, and how it'll save almost $20 million if they decide to move the primary to a later date. My name is JP Josh. We'll be right back after this here on the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in to the second half of the show. Not losing you over the break is greatly appreciated. Make sure you follow me on social media. That is the best way to stay in contact. If we get nuked off of Spotify, if we get nuked off of Apple Podcasts, you know how to stay in contact. That is through social media. At GOP Josh on Gab, Getter, Truth Social, um, Telegram is actually, yeah, it's uh, t.me slash GOP Josh. And then you can contact me via Twitter as well, Josh 20 and my Instagram is also Josh 20 If the Republican Ohio primary for U.S. Senator in Ohio were held today, who would you vote for if the candidates were Mike Givens, Josh Mandel, J.D. Vance, Jane Timken, Mark Paquita, Matt Dillon, or Neil Patel? Well, Mike Gibbons won this poll. And this poll, I'm going to tell you how, actually, before, I, before we get into the numbers, let's, let's talk about how this poll is ran, because I hear it's a fake poll because of how it's ran. Surveys were conducted on March 20th, 2022, which is after the um, the debate on Friday, which was a shame, which we talked about yesterday, I'm pretty sure. Among a random sampling of 1,083 participants of a poll, pool of 9,657 Ohio Republican Party primary voters that voted in 2020. Those participating were contacted by text user smartphone application. And respondents received Wendy's or Swinson's gift card valued at $10 each. So that means they paid a lot of money for this poll, like ten grand. Is my math right? Yeah, ten grand. Our bellwether poll of nine thousand six pool of nine thousand six hundred and fifty-seven primary voters is a statistical cross section of Ohio Republican Party voters by age, excluding those younger than thirty-four. 
race, sex, and household income according to the last primary and residing in 42 counties of Ohio. Each voter in the pool had voted in the last 16 GOP primaries. And that's why the 34 have been excluded. Participants were selected from a larger pool of 30,000 Republican voters that have participated in the last four gubernatorial GOP exit primary polls and only voted in the gubernatorial candidates that have won elections. Results of a margin of error sampling of one percentage points. Respondents were asked who they were voting for in the May 3rd, 2022 GOP primary and if they would confirm who they were voting for in the Ohio GOP primary elections, if they were participating in the primary and who they would vote for. Let's talk about the numbers now, shall we? And before we move on, we kind of talked about, let me see if I can find this clip really quick. We talked to um, Mark Bukita, who was a a citizen candidate for this seat, about why he hasn't been in any of the polls. I talked about that on the show uh, with him. You can find that interview at gopjash.com slash interviews. And here's what he had to say. You mentioned how you're a conservative candidate, how people agree with your pl- your platform, but you're not very well known or appearing in some of the polling that I'm reading. How will you begin to appear in this crowded field and gain ground this primary before the May election? So you raise a really interesting point there. My opponents in this race don't put me on their polls, and I believe it's intentional because there are a lot of people, as you know, I mean, you're a you're pretty uh, astute in terms of politics. I appreciate that. There are. There are many people who only want to back a winner. In other words, it's more like they're picking a sports team than a political candidate to go representative to go represent them. They want to back a winner. So they've got to see that the person they're voting for has some potential to win, that they're not, you know, in their terms, wasting their vote. So I believe what I I am so different than the other um, now, I guess it's five candidates because Bernie Moreno dropped out. I'm so different from them in terms of my willingness to call out corruption and fight or my willingness to call out Mike DeWine for being the tyrant and the, the, the incompetent that he is in terms of running the state. And I'm the only person who's willing to say that Rob Portman did a bad job for Ohio and Ohioans. I believe that I'm the only fighter because I will say those things and other people won't say them. Why won't they say them? Well, I would say that they're either afraid of those people or they approve of the job those people are doing. I do not. And and I'm a business person and I'm pragmatic and I'm just looking at the numbers and I'm looking at the data. I'm looking at what people tell me in 88 counties and they're telling me they've had enough. They don't like the corruption, especially in the Ohio Republican Party. They don't like what Mike DeWine did, especially with the lockdowns and 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 playing kitty by the door with vaccines and vaccine mandates and uh, uh, House Bill 248. He, he literally quashed that because he's got such a hold on our our legislature, the Republican caucus in our legislature. And then, Rob, you know, not being willing to talk about Rob Portman. So that they I think what if they were to put me on a poll and I was to show up anywhere. But I know I'm polling. I was polling ahead of Moreno, and I know I'm polling ahead of, of Matt Dolan, okay? If I were to show up there, people would say, holy cow, this Paquita guy's got a chance. And so they won't put me on their polls. I haven't been on a single poll. Someone asked me this morning on my team, do you think it's intentional? And I'm like, heck yeah, it's intentional. There's no way because they, they don't believe that, you know, they, they don't want to take that chance. I understand they're paying for the polls. They're, they can do whatever they want. So that's the clip, and this is from my interview on February 12th with him, which is just over a month ago at this point. 
And he was correct. He said that he's polling above Matt Dolan and he knows it. And in this poll, it goes Mike Gibbons with 24, Josh Mandel with 19, J.D. Vance with 18, Jane Timken with 14, Mark Pukita with 11, Matt Dolan with 10. So the, this poll comes out and shows that Mark Pukita has a chance at winning this campaign. Got a good chance at it, actually. Right up there with J, uh, with Jane Timken, who's still on every debate stage, Mar- uh, Matt Dolan, who's still on every debate stage. And, and because they refused to put him on their poll, they didn't know that until now. And, and he's right. People want to back a winner, and if they put him on a poll, they will see that he has had a chance. He has a chance, and this poll proves that he has a chance. And those numbers are very interesting. And it's definitely interesting because another, one, one poll he was on just after the interview said that he had 1% support. Yet he has 10, probably closer to 11 or 12 at least percent support. But I'm not going to endorse today. I'm just talking about that and, and talking about that interview and how literally this this poll is the only fair poll so far. Find everything at the link in the show notes to find about that poll, find the raw numbers and everything like that from the Committee for uh, Better Ohio or whatever it's called. Yeah, okay. So a motion filed by the two Democrats on the Ohio Redistricting Commission looks to move the primary election date because there are currently no districts for Ohio Senate and House of Representatives. The motion filed by Vernon Stikes and Allison Russo, we've talked about Allison Russo on the show a lot, seeks to move the primary election to June 28th, nearly two months from his currently scheduled May 3rd date. The motion looks to ensure that the court can continue working on working the commission to make progress on adopting and implementing a, a plan that satisfies both state and federal constitution requirements. Um, the Ohio Redistricting Commission met Monday where it agreed to hire two outside map makers um, to begin working on the fourth set of maps. The two men are expected to begin working Tuesday. So I support this. I, I don't support it for the reason they're saying, but I do support delaying the primary. And I think everyone should at this point. I mean, the the... This gives us time to impeach O'Connor, which is very needed. Get good maps and run a safe and secure election. This gives us time for that. This also gives us time to campaign more. Obviously, I I don't like changing the rules for candidates, but it gives everyone a chance to campaign more. So if, let's say, Mandel, who I dislike wholeheartedly he's my last choice even beneath Dolan if he was to start campaigning more and get up higher in the polls I'd say that's how that works and same if Mike Gibbons was to keep his lead if J.D. Vance was to move up if Jane Tim was to move up if Pukita was to move up I'd say that's how this works and when the court refuses to hold a fair map and, and refuses to have the fair map in place because the map that was proposed is very fair, by the way. We're going to talk about that. Then this is what we have to do. We have Desperate times call for des- desperate measures. We have to delay the primary now. So we've got a lot to get to in a, in a very short period of time. So the ex-wife accuses top GOP Senate candidate of abuse uh, for Missouri. Uh, Eric Greitens, now leading Republican Senate candidate, was physically abusive and demonstrated such unstable and coercive behavior that steps were taken to limit his access to firearms according to new allegations from his ex-wife revealed in court re- records on Monday. I'm going to talk more about this on tomorrow, uh, tomorrow if possible, because I want to get deeper into this. But if this is true, these allegations are true, he needs to drop out now. 
He should not be anywhere near the Senate. He needs to stay away now. He needs to drop out. He's a great candidate. I agree with him on policy. But no person who claims to be a Christian conservative can abuse their kid and abuse their children. That's just wrong. It's just, it's, it's utterly wrong. And a Republican Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb vetoes a bill banning transgender from women's sports. Um, we see this with Leah Thomas, who makes her, his, I'm sorry, he, her is a habit at this point, makes his teammates uncomfortable with his male genitalia in the, in the dressing room. That's actually how the article was worded. Exclusive from the Daily Mail. We're uncomfortable in our own locker room. Leah Thompson, a UPenn teammate, tells how, to tra- tells how the trans tr- swimmer doesn't always cover up her male genitalia when changing, and their, coach, and their concerns go ignored by their coach. We need to ban women from, or man from, men from women's sports, obviously. I think that's a obvious given. And the fact that a Republican vetoed it is absolutely shameful. Get him out of office now. I hope he has a primary challenge. Uh, Indiana governor election. When is the election for his, his position? That was 2020, so he's got two years. Hopefully there's a primary. It wasn't even a close election. Um, let's see here. Is there any primary? There are two people who expressed interest. There's possibly more candidates coming out. I mean, it's two years away. He needs a primary. Do not forget this, Indianans. Uh, Indianans, I don't know how you pronounce it. Please do not forget this and get him out of office. He's not a Republican. He's a rhino, which we are on a sworn fight to defend and against, defend and protect against rhinos. So, Anything else to talk about today? I just ran through those last couple topics. I'm very sorry, but we're going to get to more tomorrow with a brand new episode every single day, Monday through Friday, here on the Conservative Crusader, especially after the poll last night, after that sham debate last night in Columbus, in Cleveland from NBC4 with not all the candidates on the ballot. Make sure you listen to my interview with Mark Makita. Visit gopjosh.com slash interviews or gopjosh.com slash show. My name is GOP Josh. Uh, Yeah, this has been the Conservative Crusader. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode, and I'm telling you it's brand spanking new. My name is JP Josh. Stay tuned. (laughs) 